Hello, hello. This is Erica. Welcome back to the Leveling Up and Lactation podcast. I am recording this at the end of June 2023, halfway through the year. (laughs) And it has been a ride. And that is going to be the theme of this episode, Survive in Advance. That has been the mode for these last six months. In general, this is the podcast where we highlight, amplify, and document the journeys of lactation professionals. And one of the beautiful things that I've learned over the past six months is the value and um, the positive side of having autonomy, right? So I created this podcast. I don't have any outside influences that kind of structure or guide me on when I can record, how I can record, what I can and can't say, who I can and can't interview, and how the show flows. So with that in mind, I'm going to be testing out some things um, just to kind of see um, what's going to stick. So if you feel like it's a little bit going um, different by comparison to the past, yes, I will still continue to interview my Black colleagues about their Um, path into this field of lactation, but I'm also going to add in um, some more solo episodes just to kind of talk about a little bit about life. In addition to working in lactation, being a small business owner, being a podcast host, um, etc. So um, hopefully you'll stick around and enjoy those episodes um, just the same. So today's episode, if you looked at the title, survive in advance. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, So I wanted to talk about behind the birth work because sometimes that's really all we see, right? That is generally what we talk about. That's kind of who we are in a sense. I feel like a a lot of us kind of identify that um, as a badge of honor, if you will, working in this profession. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes that I think it would be valuable for listeners um, to know about. So I'm going to use myself candidly to kind of introduce that conversation because sometimes we can forget the humanness of the provider that's working with you, for you, or if you're, again, still learning about the profession and you're trying to gauge on whether or not it's something that um, you want to invest in and get started in, hopefully this is going to um, help to provide some balance um, to all of like the fun, amazing, wonderful things that we get to do in this profession balance with um, real scenarios as far as like life and, and how that works between the two. So I'm going to take some time today to talk about five takeaways from the first half of the year. And it has been a lot. This year has been a lot. And so I'll place a trigger warning here. Um, so in the conversation, I'll be talking about mental health. Um, I think I've spoken very candidly in previous episodes of me experiencing anxiety and depression, overstimulation. I've been working with a therapist that I hope is my lifelong therapist at this point. It took a few um, to kind of find the the right one. So if you're looking for a therapist and feel like this ain't it, keep looking. (laughs) Because once you find the match, it's really going to add value and allow you to um, improve your life overall is my experience. Um, So working with my therapist um, heavily, I think we're coming up on a year since I started working with her in particular, during these first six months really helped me to get to today, (laughs) to be quite frank. And you'll hear me laughing. um, And that is a I think it's a a way that I try to provide some levity and very um, tense conversation points, right? So um, if you're listening and you feel a little bit put off um, with the the laughter and um, tandem with serious conversations, um, it's it's simply the the way that I kind of maneuver through life, right, is to not be able to kind of sit in it. dark, depressing things for too long. So laughter is kind of a way that <clears throat> that I try to maneuver through it. So with that, um, I feel like in 2022, I had a really solid year. Like I really saw all of the hard work and investment that I put in from 2019 through 2021 really start to bloom and take shape. And I started to gain a lot more kind of like confidence and reassurance um, from the profession, from colleagues, from families, uh, that I was going in the right direction. I feel like sometimes um, we'll really feel like we're going to do this thing, we invest in this thing and the skill, we pick it up, 
Once upon a time, I may have mentioned on here that I used to be a baker and I baked for a number of years where I would do like custom cakes and desserts and weddings and different things like that. And if you were to ask me 10 years ago, that's what I would be doing right now. Um, but life happened and, and that um, guided me to do some pivots. And so for last year in 2022, I really felt settled in that this working in the field of lactation is what I'm supposed to be doing more for the long term. And that was at the age, I'll be 38 this year, so 37. So if you're still feeling like you're floundering and um, trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing with your life, you have plenty of time. <laughs> you have plenty of time to try things out, see if it's something you enjoy, see if it's something that you're good at, see if it's something that's sustainable. And if it's not, you can simply just change your mind <laughs> and pivot and try something else. That's the beautiful thing about life is that you're not locked into a decision that you um, set out loud 20, 30 years ago, right? So keep that in mind. If you're feeling like maybe this isn't the field for you or you feel like um, this chapter and your life is coming to a close, that's okay. You don't have to kind of stay and kind of lock in and stay committed and try to save face or whatever um, sentiment that you're feeling or experiencing. It's okay to say that I really enjoy the chapter in this field that I was able to experience and all the wonderful value I was able to get and provide to others, but I feel like I'm being called or pulled to do something else. Um, absolutely okay. You don't need my permission to stop doing it, but if you need it, you have it. Um, other things to keep in mind is that it's really difficult to pause <laughs> or to try something new. And it's something where I really learned, uh, it was made very clear in these past six months that I really attach my value into transactions, meaning it really is tethered to, no pun intended, tethered to uh, what I provide to others, whether that are, is physical things, um, time, information, I'm providing something and that is how I see or um, identify my level of value. And so when I really had to be God, the universe had to sit me down to take a break and to focus on myself, I literally could not be present for anybody else, let alone add value um, to their life, which I'm very much so um, used to doing. I'm very hard-headed. <laughs> this is not the first time that life has needed to sit me down, but it was really impactful, I think, this time around because I do work in a profession in lactation where um, I deal with, with families and, and it's very uh, a very vulnerable time, as we know, in the postpartum period. And so I really um, had to take, I really had to sit with, if I'm not providing the things to myself that I'm telling my families that they should be doing, then it's a disservice. It's a disservice to my families because they're not able to get the full um, hundred percent that they deserve from a provider. So I really had to kind of take heed of that and take a step back. So that way I'm not causing any, any type of harm, right? We can have the best intentions, but if we know that our mental health, our physical health, uh, emotional health is not stable, uh, that energy for me translates into the care that you're going to be providing. People can pick up on that. Um, so I'll talk about that in more detail in a moment, but that is something that I really had to kind of sit with um, because it wasn't to the point where I can like fake it, right? It wasn't like that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde where you, or like the drama mask where you move the hand up and down and you're smiling and then you're crying. You're smiling. It, it was really just starting to, to peek through um, when I was trying to work and focus. Um, so that's something that I really had to take heed of and sit with um, and really take a step back. And that was very, very terrifying <laughs> because I still feel very new in this field. And I felt like I was really getting momentum and building that up. And I didn't want to stop or pause and lose that momentum. And so that was really scary because I work completely private practice for myself. Um, and I do have, um, I'm a contractor for, for other companies and things like that, but there, there was no, fall fallback plan, if you will, right? There was no, you know, um, 
leave or PTO or, you know, different things like that. So if I don't work, I don't have income. And so that was really illuminating as well. So moving forward, trying to identify what structures can I put in place, you know, increasing like savings and emergency funds and having different types of insurance to explore those type of options, um, because you never assume that it's going to happen. And then when it does, you have to react versus being proactive. So if you don't have like an in case of emergency plan, whether that is a savings plan, some type of disability that you're paying into, or you, you have um, open communication with your, your partner, your husband, your spouse, uh, what's going to happen if, if something does need to occur where I cannot work for, you know, two to three months at a time? What does that look like? Um, so I, I implore you to have those candid conversations because life doesn't care if you, you plan to get to it at this X amount of date, right? Life is just going to happen regardless. Um, and so through that, um, continuing with therapy and, and like I said earlier in the show, it was really helpful to speak to an outside person that is a professional, that this is what they do, right? It's something that us in the field, we get so frustrated and upset because so many people work outside of their scope, right? But it's almost like if we're not going to the professional, and I completely understand barriers and not being able to find a provider, afford a provider, different things like that. But if we do have the ability and the privilege to have and um, afford those things, and we're choosing to just do the things ourselves without kind of investing <laughs> in the professional and trusting their knowledge and their experience, et cetera, then aren't we kind of working outside of our scope? <laughs> and trying to treat ourselves, right? Um, so that was something that, that really helped me to kind of have a safe space to openly communicate, to openly emote, um, because there were a lot of heavy things that were happening in the first part of this year. Um, I felt like my my body was starting to it really felt like I was hovering outside of my body in some instances, right? Where it felt like my body was on autopilot. Like I, I know I, I do this. I drive my son to school. I go and do this. And you know, you just kind of wake up and you're, you're driving along a path that you've done hundreds of times, but it really felt like I was not an active participant in things that I, I was doing. And so that really is difficult when you really need to be on top of your game when you're providing care to families. And so with that, working with my therapist and, and having the, um, the knowledge and knowing that I experienced anxiety, I experienced depression, and I could feel me kind of rolling down into that this depressive state. And so, I mean, it got to the point where I'm Googling, which I know, <laughs> which should not be Googling, but it got to a point where, okay, I, I am almost 38 and maybe this is perimenopause and some of these symptoms kind of check out. And I was just pulling at straws to have answers, right? Not that I, it was going to be like a magic fix once I had the, the answers, but I wanted some type of explanation um, to what I was experiencing. And the unknown was really, really unsettling because it didn't feel um, quite familiar uh, because, again, I've had depression and anxiety for a number of decades at this point. And generally, I know and can foresee what's happening. Um, not that I can stop it, um, but I do have some uh, strategies, exercises to help to reduce it. And that way I can be proactive in adjusting my work schedule, getting additional support from uh, my partner, from family and friends and different things like that. But this really felt um, quite abrupt <laughs> in how my body uh, was feeling. And it's something where um, I, I have a son, I may have spoken about him before. Um, he just turned six and he is our only child, but I've had um, a number of pregnancy losses um, over the past decade or so. And so um, what I found out was that I was pregnant um, and it was really a situation where it was a very heavy weight. It wasn't something where uh, me and my partner planned to have any additional children for various reasons. Um, and it really felt like I had to make a decision between my mental health and my safety and my well-being, in addition to just being a black woman in America and the thought of giving birth, um, 
by comparison to that of of carrying this this child to term. And it was a very, very difficult situation to kind of sit in that, but also be a birth worker and continuing to have, even though it was a reduced amount, but continuing to, to provide care to birthing people, right? So I'm caring for people where I'm still trying to identify on whether or not I'm going to continue with this pregnancy or if, you know, um, life is, is going to happen and I don't have the, the choice in the matter. Um, also living in a red state is not great either. <laughs> so it's, it was a lot, a lot of variables and the, the decision was on, on me to kind of sit with that and between the hormones and my mental health already not being, it was shit <laughs> to be quite frank, being shit and trying to maneuver that was a very, very difficult situation. And that's really when I put the brakes on doing a lot of things and, um, that was between working with clients, that was between the podcast, that was between um, engaging with friends and family or really focusing on anything outside of waking up, hygiene, eating, sleep. And that was really, really the momentum um, for, for a number of, of weeks, months um, at that point. And so with that in mind, I uh, experienced a, a pregnancy loss, a lot of therapy, a lot of um, realization that I have to prioritize like my my health, not just like monitoring, you know, me getting up and eating enough food, but really be intentional uh, with ensuring that I'm caring for my body and my my mental health accordingly. Because it's not something where you know I'm a teenager, I'm in my 20s, or something that you can easily bounce back from being in my late 30s, coming up on 40s. Like this is like, I don't know if it just kind of hit that now, like I feel like more in my adulthood. Like I feel like when I'm thinking about like, uh, like my, my aunties and different things like that, I think, you know what, I, I, we were watching, my partner and I were watching um, a movie. It was like a documentary on the, the Fab Four, LeBron James and his teammates through um, like middle school and high school. And there is a scene where it was LeBron and his mom. And usually in, in scenes like that in like a movie or like a TV show, I relate to the child. But it hit me that I was really relating to the mom in this scenario. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like that, like I feel like I'm very much like an adult, which of course I am. But it, sometimes it doesn't quite translate. You see yourself um, as you saw yourself in, in like future years past and probably because you're reparenting yourself and, you know, seeing yourself through your child and all these different things. Um, that was a tangent. But it really emphasized and was a wake-up call, I guess is the best way that I that I can frame it. Um, and so I really had to take a step back. And so with that step back, it seemed like it took forever. So usually if I have like a depressive episode or anxiety or something um, difficult or challenging is happening in life, I'll give myself a few days to feel some of it, <laughs> to be frank and get over it and continue to move forward. But this scenario, and I think just the culmination of like the, the previous like three years and the pandemic and everything just kind of came to a head. And this took like months to really kind of feel like I could make some headway in grass reality and, and just kind of exist. And so from that, it really kind of, um, provided five takeaways, <laughs> as I mentioned that I'll go over. So the first one was, it is okay and imperative to the quality of care that we give to our families to know when you need to take a step back, right? I mentioned that earlier and that you have to be the one to call it, right? Especially if we're working for ourselves, there's nobody else that's overseeing you to say, hey, you're not giving excellent care. Hey, you're, you know, you're doing this family a disservice or you're causing harm, right? Nobody is really over your shoulder doing that, especially if we're working um, solo. So you have to be the one and you have to um, make that call. Uh, and with that in mind, for me, it really much felt like prior to making the call and what kind of led up to me making the call is that it was a lot of disassociation, right? So it really felt like 
I knew I was doing these things. I could see myself. I can hear myself. But I didn't really connect and kind of have like that type of connection that I generally feel like through my work, through just like normal day to day interactions. Um, like disassociation became like this safety net. Like I can just simply kind of compartmentalize, put these things that I'm dealing with over here, put these other things over there and just kind of focus on the task in hand. And my brain really felt like static. So like if you think back to the 90s, I'm dating myself again, back to the 90s where you had like the static channel, right? Because the antenna wasn't working quite right. That literal type of like sound and like blinking of lights is what the inside of my brain really felt like. So I, I think I referenced, I told my therapist how I compared it to was like uh, tent on a car, right? There's different layers or levels of tint as far as like darkness and brightness and different things like that. But it really felt like there was like this tint over my eyes and I really could not see clearly. Even with getting quote unquote enough rest, eating in enough calories, trying to focus on water intake, sitting outside, you know, doing all the things that are recommended, it didn't feel like anything was shaking that um, type of um, cloudiness or blurriness as I was maneuvering through life. Um, and, and it was really scary. <laughs> is the best word that, that I can um, say it. And I think I literally had to, to close off um, and cancel and reschedule consoles out for like a week because it was just really like, okay, I can't like push through this. Like this is like an abrupt stop type of scenario. And uh, again, communicating uh, with family, with friends, and just really having to, to disengage um, fully because usually I feel like I am the go-to person like with questions and I'm always wanting to help and wanting to kind of um, extend myself. If I have something that I can provide that's going to provide ease to others, I'm usually the first one that's going to offer it or provide it when asked. And I really had to just um, communicate that I do not have anything to give. Like I felt like I was functioning on like maybe 15%. <laughs> I feel like on a good day, good week, I'm functioning at maybe 65, 70%. And so it was very much a drastic um, difference by comparison. Um, number two, it took a lot of um, humility, I guess is maybe a, a good enough word. Uh, but sometimes when you have to renege on a commitment, it can really feel uncomfortable to call or text or email and, and have that conversation. And so number two is knowing that being transparent and whatever is going on is not a weakness because we never know what that other person is going through as well, right? So when I needed to kind of make an abrupt stop, I was just kind of getting back up and rolling with the podcast uh, through the end of the year. And I again, I mentioned that I did not plan to be away that long, but all of those things were happening in, in the background, in the behind the scenes, if you will, excuse me, of the podcast. And so I, ha I had um, guests lined up, colleagues lined up to be interviewed. And one by one, I had to send them an email. And I, I thought about just simply just leaving it very like brief, needed to um, reschedule or saying something came up with my son. I know all of us say something happens with our kid when we need to kind of hop off of or get out of some type of scenario. I'm not the only one. Don't judge me. Uh, but I just decided to be really transparent and honest uh, because I wanted to maintain the integrity of myself and the integrity of the show. And I did not want them to feel um, like I did not value their time uh, with doing this interview and this podcast for free, right? They're stepping away from doing something else, from spending time with their families, from doing something for um, their work and different things like that to take a moment to um, um, speak with me and provide some value for the podcast. And I really wanted to, to honor that uh, with honesty. Um, and so... With that, it gave, I think, others permission to tune into their body and to prioritize what they needed to do. I had a few that responded that said that, that life was happening for them as well, and they were having some, some challenging um, things going on. And so it was a welcome um, conversation of, of transparency and prioritizing health and making sure that I'm taking care of, of myself. And um, every single person that got the email and that replied were nothing but um, kind. Kind is the best word I can say it. They were kind, 
they understood and it really wasn't a big deal. And so maybe even a year ago, I probably would not have been able to do that, but shout out to therapy. Being able to take ownership of what's happening, not blaming myself because some things are simply out of our control, but what is in our control is communicating in a timely fashion um, whenever possible. So that way um, we are, again, valuing that commitment um, to each other. Um, the other thing that I wanted to be mindful of is that even if I was having a quote unquote good day throughout all of that, right? I wanted to be mindful of the energy that I was going to be giving off to the other person that I'm interviewing, right? We do all audio, so we don't do video, uh, which is great for me because I can be in my pajamas and be nice and cozy and same for the guests if they choose to. Um, so it wasn't something where I have to kind of keep a smile on my face and, and different things like that. But we can generally feel, I will say I can feel when the energy feels different or off or um, off-putting. And I did not want that to resonate and to influence uh, my colleagues' interviews in any shape, form, or fashion. And so it was really just a constant of reassessing what are the priorities, right? Yes, I love this podcast. It is what I needed when I was getting ready to get into this profession and maneuver through this profession um, in the beginning. And so it's it's like another baby for me. <laughs> like I really invested a lot of time and effort and energy to really um, make it good, uh, make it something that has a lot of value. Um, but I also needed to remember that the overarching goal is going to be my health and my family and you know how we're doing and that was not okay at that point so i really needed to reassess and not just to um, block everything else out and compartmentalize and focus on the podcast so i really needed to take a step back number three uh, so with that step back <laughs> it was very much a fear that y'all would forget about me that my clients would forget about me that, you know, I would cease to exist if I was not, you know, actively um, present on social media or with the podcast or just like texting and reaching out to people that I generally like to kind of check in on. Um, and I really had to kind of sit with that because I didn't have any control. Like it wasn't something, again, that I can kind of push through and, and um, fake the fuck. It just wasn't an option at that point. And that's how I knew it was bad. <laughs> um, and so number three is when you're authentic to yourself in your craft, then your relevancy doesn't just stop when you take a break, right? People continue to listen. People continue to show up. People continue to engage with you for a reason. They don't just magically forget all of that uh, when you need to take a step back, especially if you're being transparent and candid uh, about what's going on. Now, does that mean that you have to say all of your business like I am on this episode? No, absolutely not. But simply saying, hey, I'm not in a great space right now. Hey, I need to prioritize other things right now. Whatever the case may be can really be helpful to kind of make sure that you're not, it doesn't feel like a ghosty, but more so like you're getting your priorities in line um, and you'll be back <laughs> like I am now. And the beautiful thing was that when I was ready and in a better space, to kind of return back into things and projects that I, I wanted to do, the support was still there. Like I, I noticed and I was monitoring like my analytics and my traffic and different things like that for the podcast. Like I had not put out episodes for maybe three months and y'all were still tuning in listening because there were, you know, maybe 20, 26 or 27 episodes that you all can go back and revisit or catch up on the older ones if you kind of join us a little bit later um, into the podcast. But you all continue to show up and listen and to engage on on um, different social media posts and different things like that and share the podcast because we got new um, subscribers and different things like that. So that was one of the biggest fears. And even without any type of engagement, people continue to um, know that there was value um, in this resource. Um, and the other thing is that a break doesn't reset your skills, right? Just because you take a step back doesn't mean that you magically forget everything <laughs> that you were doing. Do you need to uh, refresh on something? Sure, but that's just continuing education in life. You have to continue to kind of um, double check and make sure that what you recall from the top of your head is still current and still um, correct. Um, other things is that it doesn't reset your value. Again, that was a, a big word that I had to sit with and how do um, 
I identify as far as like my my worth or my value and different things like that. Simply prioritizing myself and taking a step back didn't cancel that out. Um, it simply um, allowed me to really see that I'm valuable just in and of myself, right? Whether I can bring something to the table or not, whether I can provide a resource or, or be present or um, have a conversation that does not dictate uh, my worth and my value. And so that was something that I'm still working and, and trying to grasp, but excuse me, this experience really proved that point because I wasn't able to offer anything in my mind that was substantial uh, in exchange of uh, things that were be, being provided to me. And then it also doesn't reset your relevancy, right? Again, people were still looking. People were still, you know, looking for um, the podcast. They were still um, hoping to have like new guests and listening to them or reaching out to be a guest and different things like that. Um, so the relevancy continued, whether I need to take a break or not. Um, so keep those things in mind. If you're kind of going back and forth on, I just want to push through a little bit longer. It's okay. Sit down. <laughs> I have lovingly have comments on a lot of Facebook posts that people remind me that I need to be sitting down. Like I'm always educating or guiding or gently nudging people to do the same. And I've learned that I need to take my own advice. And it's really difficult when you for, for decades have not been doing that or you don't have that example of how that is done without life sitting them down, right? That's not an example that I have from parents or really fit or friends or family members where it's just like, okay, this is a structured uh, break, a structured vacation, a structure, you know, I'm not doing anything except existing and, you know, relaxing and resting. I don't know what that looks like, right? I constantly have people around me who are constantly working, working, working. If they're not working, they're still reading something. And, and that's something that came out in therapy is that I generally don't just sit and engage in one activity, let alone just sit in silence. So usually if I'm working, I'm listening to a podcast <laughs> or I'm listening to music or the TV is going on. So it's just a constant influx of information that's kind of like flooding um, my brain. And it's also an influx of emotions and different energies that are in flooding my brain as a result as well. So really trying to be intentional to just kind of when I'm focusing on something focusing on that thing and giving it my undivided attention. And that has been a a work in progress, but it's something that I'm more aware of at this point, which is something that came out of this experience. Number four is <laughs> more recently learning, not more recently, I've, I've known this, I've worked for other companies and, and different things like that for a very long time. I've been working since I was 15. Uh, and the, the theme here is that you're replaceable, right? You see like the memes and the gifts and different things like that, that if you die today, Somebody is going to be applying for your job tomorrow, right? We are, disposable is not a great word, but sometimes that, that is what it feels like. So prioritize your health because you can't get those, those years back to invest in your health. You can't get those years and time back to spend with your children, with your family, with your partner and different things like that. So if you get to the point where I was at, where I was, I did not have any capacity to continue to have energy and choosing to continue with with being here on this on this earth that is not a good space to be in especially when it's dependent upon i need to get back to work we should never be in that situation where we have to um, balance between wanting to get better and get healthy simply just for the reason of getting back to work Right, not for to spit, see your kids grow up, not to you know experience joyful things, but to simply to get back to working. That's not okay. <laughs> it's just not okay. Um, sometimes, and I made a Facebook post about this that some of y'all may have seen. Um, sometimes we we like to ignore the elephant in the room, right? We ignore God or the universe sending us signs, cues to say it's time to move, it's time to pivot, it's time to change, it's time to reroute. <laughs> and we keep waiting and asking, give me a sign, make it plain, make it clear. But we're not always gonna like the way that that sign is made clear or plain, right? Did I need to experience all of this to get to where I'm at now? I don't know. 
<laughs> but hopefully you all do not get in that position where you can take heed of those internal tuggings or internal, hmm, I don't really like the way that my body is feeling when I'm in this type of scenario, when I'm experiencing this or when I'm uh, working in this type of environment, right? Take heed of that, make notes. Does that mean that you can stop and quit that day? No, but honor that and question why things feel off or things feel different by comparison to, to when you started um, that role, that position, whatever the case may be. Because it's something where I feel a lot of us when we get into the field of lactation is there are a couple of paths, right? Not specifically into kind of coming into being IBCLC, but it's whether you're going to kind of go to plan to work in a hospital, possibly a group setting, but a lot of us work in private practice and solo private practices, especially when we're starting out. And when we're doing that, it takes time to work out the kinks and build up your, your team, not team as in maybe additional lactation professionals, um, but like your accountant and your tax preparer and you know all these different things, your marketing and all those different people that we have to eventually kind of get on board if you wanna kind of scale and grow so that we can really kind of focus on uh, the meat and potatoes of lactation and serving families. And it's something where in that downtime, while we're trying to build up our brand and our practice, we still need to eat, right? So we may become contractors. We may be working in like a group practice. We may be working in a hospital. We may be working at Starbucks. We may be working wherever we need to work in order to have enough money to pay the bills as we're trying to um, hopefully breathe life um, into our private practices. But in that meantime, we have to be intentional to not forget the overarching goal. If we get in a scenario where we're nice and comfortable, <laughs> then it's going to stifle is a word that I'll use for myself. Uh, stifle and um, really allow me to be too laxed and not staying on top of um, getting things in order for my private practice and rich lactation. And does that mean that I'm starting from scratch? No, but I, I sit and think about where enrich could be if I was not so comfortable and not being continuously intentional with getting my ducks in a row for my own private practice, because again, we're replaceable, right? And so it's something where you wanna be sure that whatever you're doing isn't going to distract you from the larger goal while you are working in a situation that's not the overarching goal is to maximize whatever value you can get out of that. Right? Maybe that's tuition reimbursement. Maybe that's experience. Maybe that's flexibility. Maximize that. Um, don't just kind of go through the motions, but anything that's available for you to kind of engage with and pull value from that you can take back into your own practice or just to life in general, do that. But remember at the end of the day, it's a business. When we're working for another company, another organization, um, it's a business, right? So things that may um, not be something that you would do in yours, it's not something that is, is gonna translate into another person's business, right? So we have to keep that in mind. Uh, number five, you can change your mind, right? I mentioned earlier that I thought that I was going to have this small little quaint bakery and I was going to be baking stuff um, and selling it and have like the little stands and have my little apron and all these different things. I do not like baking now <laughs> because I think it got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. And so I correlated something being fun, me arguably decent at it, into a business that would be sustainable or something that I would want to do long-term as a business. It wasn't. What does that mean in relation to Lactation Erica? Well, if you get into this field and you feel like, I know for a fact I'm gonna become an IBCLC, I'm gonna work in this hospital and it's gonna be great. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna make heads roll, I'm gonna make all these changes and I hope that you do. If you can get in and do that, do it, right? But it also means that you may only supposed to be, you might only need to be in that scenario for a season, right? You go in, you add value, and then you kind of tag in the next person. And then you transition out into something else 
that may be better, maybe easier, maybe um, fuel you more for that season of your life. Because here's the thing, we make decisions based upon the current conditions of life, based upon your age, based upon your kids' ages, based upon financial situations, based upon um, family dynamics, all those things change. So if that changes, that may mean that you need to change the type of work environment, um, whether it is the location that you're in, the number of slots that you're doing, all those different things. You're not beholden or locked in to whatever decision you made a year ago, a day ago, five years ago, right? How many of us made a decision at 18 um, to, to go to college and do this thing? How many of us are doing that thing? How many of us graduated from college, right? It is absolutely okay to change your mind and not feel any guilt or shame or any type of like negative unsettling feelings um, because you decided to change your mind, right? It's not something where you have to be embarrassed. And I'm saying these terms, not uh, projecting, but simply saying it in reflection of things that come to mind when I think about making pivots, right? So it's something where, you don't have to hold yourself to what you said you do in a different time and different circumstances, okay, is the takeaway. That is the beauty of working outside of systems and red tape in, in companies and for others is that you can choose to, like I've said I was going to do with this podcast, to pivot and add some additional things just to trial it out. Doesn't mean that I'm going to continue having solo episodes long term. I don't know. Depends on if you like them. Um, but it also means that I don't have to worry about somebody else standing over my shoulder saying, no, you can't do that or you can't do it that way or you only have this much time to do it. Right. That is the beauty of owning of ownership. Right. That means that you can choose when you want to stop. You get to choose when you want to change and you get to choose when you want to put your foot on the gas. Right. So sometimes the autonomy for me is very overwhelming. I am a Libra. I do not like making decisions <laughs> about anything. It can be lunch. It can be what street to turn on. It doesn't matter. I don't like making the decisions. Being a small business owner, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. Being a solo entrepreneur, all of the decisions that need to be made, right? And oftentimes we pull the negative or the overwhelmingness out of that. Maybe that's a word. But also there's a positive in that, right? There's excuse me, a freedom in that is that we don't have to go at this specific speed. We don't have to have it mimic a nine to five, right? Doesn't mean that it's going to take some trial and error to kind of figure out what's your sweet spot. Yes. But keep in mind the positive side to autonomy in relationship um, to business. Okay. I've shared a lot. <laughs> Feeling a, feeling a little vulnerable here by myself, but hopefully you guys are nodding, laughing, crying, enjoying the conversation so far. So to wrap us up, if you are coming out of a hibernation season is what, what I feel like I'm coming out of. Um, I feel like I'm in a, a better mental, physical, and emotional space. I feel like I have a lot of safety uh, in my partner, in my family, in my therapist, and in my friends. And I really learned to value that. And it really, this experience really allowed me to really see all of the blessings that sometimes I feel like I can overlook because it's not something that is directly in my face. And I generally try to do a tit for tat, right? That transaction type of, of value versus just honoring the existence. And that's the value in it. Uh, but if you yourself are coming out of a hyper um, nation season and you're trying to consider on whether or not you need to pivot from what you're currently doing. That may be out of the field of lactation. That may be the way that um, you're currently practicing in lactation. Um, and you're trying to figure out how do, I, how do I even start, right? What what are these other options that are out here? How do I pivot? So my recommendation would be to make a list. I make a lot of lists. 
<laughs> one, to get all of the random things out of my head, two, to try to kind of um, prioritize, which has been very helpful. Shout out to my therapist. Thank you, Brie. Um, to write things down in no type of shape, form, or fashion, and then organize them into categories, and then prioritize them, and then focus on one thing at a time until you finish it, and then move on to the next thing. Um, so once you have this piece of paper, or if you're typing or writing down this list, write down things that you are good at. Doesn't have to be in relation to lactation. Maybe you're really good at typing. Maybe you're really good at researching things. Maybe you're really good at talking publicly, right? Whatever those things are, write those things down. Next, write down things that you hate doing, right? Maybe that, I was gonna say charting, but we have to chart. <laughs> Maybe that is um, speaking in public. Maybe that is multitasking. Maybe that is uh, whatever the case may be. Write down things that you hate doing. Now, the next thing I want you to write down is what are things you're efficient at? What are things that come to you easily? You can do them quickly. It doesn't take much time. It's an automatic reflex for you to be able to do those things, right? Write those things down. The last thing I want you to write down is things you enjoy doing. That may be talking. That may be um making lists, I don't know, write those things down. And then once you have that, this doesn't have to be 15, 20 things long, maybe it's two or three for each category. And then zoom out to see what are different things either within the profession of lactation or out that would be into like a, a job or a role or some type of position that either you can apply for or that you can create yourself, right? Don't feel as if you're limited to the cut and paste cookie cutter um, outline of what a lactation consultant is. We know that working in this field, there is research, there is one-on-one -on -one exchange with clients, there is group settings, there is advocacy. All those different things are a part of the field. They add value. We need people who are lit up by those different roles to exist, right? So maybe you're not a one-on-one type of lactation person. Maybe you are, I wanna sit and research and do studies and write papers and, and clinical things and different things like that. We need that. Maybe you are, I wanna be around people. I wanna be in the public. I wanna do some advocacy work. I wanna do group settings. I wanna facilitate that. We need that because not all of us have that same spark <laughs> or energy or mental capacity to do those things. So find your Find your area, not necessarily of expertise, but that brings you joy, that possibly comes with some efficiency and, and different things like that with it for whatever season that you're in. This may look different six months from now, right? Six months ago, <laughs> I did not envision being here, but that's the beauty of life is that we can continue to learn and change and pivot as needed. I'm saying pivot a lot, but that is the word that, that I've been holding on to for the last couple of years is trying not to stay stagnant um, when something happens that, because that's the ebb and flow of life, right? Is that something is always going to be happening, but the sooner we identify it, feel it, react, the sooner we can get to the next thing that we're supposed to be doing. So wrapping us up, I am tired. <laughs> I am tired, but after this first half of this year, I, th I think the, the feeling and sentiment that I feel at this point is just relief. I feel relief to be on the other side. I feel relief to be on the side with improvement and mental clarity. Those shades of that tint have been pulled away. It's not completely clear, but I feel a lot better and working with a trusted therapist has been huge. Really sitting and taking an assessment of what am I actually doing that can be influencing how I'm feeling, right? That may be, are you sleeping enough? Most of us, the answer is probably no. How can you be intentional with that? I mean, really parsing it down. Are you eating enough? I mean, so often I'm educating my families on this, my mom's on this, and it's like, I get off the call, I'm like, huh, did I eat today? It's 3 p.m. 
Little things like that. Try to be intentional and really sit with it. If you have to write it down to really kind of identify, am I eating enough? Am I drinking any water? Am I sleeping enough? Start there as a starting point, right? Because we know from the inside out is how we're going to be feeling as far as our health. So sit there. Okay. Wrapping up the podcast on a high note is that if you have not already gone over uh, to the leveling up and lactation dot com there's a new website y'all i updated the website the old one i did not like <laughs> but it was enough it got the job done right some seasons is simply a survive in advance we simply just need something up for people to be able to go to have a resource and it's been on my mind to get it updated and i think i i think i did a pretty good job let me know what you guys think of the updated um, podcast at leveling up and lactation.com If you are on there, you will also see that there are additional things there in addition to a podcast section. So I will also be offering um, coaching calls. So this is for people that if you are starting out in the profession and you're like, okay, I looked at the different pathways and the requirements and I still feel lost or I just simply need to bounce some ideas and really speak with someone who has experience with this, happy to help. If you are someone who's currently in private practice and you're trying to figure out where I should be starting, what are like the basic things that I need to be focused on, where should the money be be going and different things like that as far as investing in a website, investing in um, an accountant, a, a lawyer, different things like that. Happy to talk through my personal experience with that. If you are someone who are who is wanting to start doing speaking engagements, or if you're wanting to start doing like webinars, or if you're wanting to uh, do something in the realm of lactation, happy to hop hop on a call to see if there's something I can provide value, provide resources, provide connections with. Um, So you're not feeling isolated and and alone. And for some of us, we need to have that face-to-face communication and speaking it through. There's a lot of value on the new website that you can read through. Um, That is for free, that you can read through that. Um, The other added additional things that are on the site that I'm offering are going to be more um, service-based. So With doing this podcast, I speak with a lot of you all. I'm in a lot of the groups and try to add value there. And there's a common theme of, I think I'm ready. I have no idea where to start, how to start. What do I need? What are the basic stuff? I don't have time to sit and do this. How do I use this Canva everybody's talking about? That's where I can come in to add some value. I do a lot of stuff with Canva. I create websites. I refresh websites. I create digital downloads and different things like that. So those are some added things that, again, using my own checklist of things coming out of this hibernation mode, really trying to kind of identify what are some additional things uh, that may bring me joy. And really the root thing that brings me joy is being able to provide some ease into other people's lives, provide that with information, provide that with um, laughter, provide that with being able to um, provide it in a way that's easily to understand. So that way they can replicate that outside of the service. And that's where I come in to either... um, there is a website refresh. So if you have like a standard website or maybe you just kind of threw it together, you're in that survive and advance type of um, season, but you're really ready to elevate it. Happy to offer my services and we can talk about that. Give the website a look to see if there's anything that you're in need of. We also have some new leveling up and lactation merch. We have some um, water bottles. We have some t-shirts. We have some stickers. We have some buttons. Um, Go take a look to see if you need anything or if you want anything. But that is going to wrap up um, this solo episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. Uh, Be sure to share it with a friend. If you found it valuable, be sure to like, share, and subscribe on whatever podcast that you're listening on. Be sure to follow us um, on Instagram and Facebook at Leveling Up in Lactation. And I will see you all on the next one.